Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's wrong. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together, my together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Well, I'm up by Station Jacks. I'm tomorrow, Andrew on the board. Back to, I'm reading some article here about prioritizing Chinese debt ahead of something else. I don't know what the guy's name. What are, our people are dangerous or something. SP futures down two and a quarter, and ASA futures up 18. Um, as we're still kind of popping through this bank issue, Credit Suisse down a little bit today. Some of the regional banks are down just a little bit. Let me see exactly. Well, I'll, I'll go through them in a minute. We have Mr. Kevin. Good morning. What's up? So, uh, I hope you didn't lose too much on your Arizona bet. <laughs> or my Virginia bet. Or your Virginia bet. Arizona uh, worse. No, didn't 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 have a dime. I'm a bet on anything. Um, well, I, I I you know the the uh, uh, Warren Buffett perfect bra- perfect bracket thing was uh, was in play, but that didn't last very long. <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking he's he's going to be fine in a long period of time and not having to pay that out. Yeah, I would say so. The uh, the chances of that are. Uh, well, just remember my when I'm gonna tell it again, my story about the the dude playing blackjack next to me in Vegas and they had a thing at the Caesars Palace. I imagine they still do. You know, I, it's been so long, Kevin, I can't remember the details. I think it was five bucks and I think the winning thing was hundred grand or two hundred grand or some some number. And uh and everybody, you know, got their you had to pick fifteen teams with the with the spread. Not just fifteen games, but fifty you had the spread too, which is like virtually so fifteen Essentially, so it would be two to the two to the fifteenth power, right? Are your chances pretty far to that's even to go that far in math for me. Uh, I don't think most calculators would go that high. And uh, well, the guy had thirteen of them in. He goes to the can. And I said to the very attractive, not that I remember, uh, lady dealer. I said, "What's wrong with your buddy?" And she goes, "Well, he's a little nervous." And I go, "I can see that." She says, "Well, he's had out of that fifteen pool, he's got thirteen of them in." I go, well, that's pretty special. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, his next two, I think he had Oklahoma and he had the Irish. Now, if it would have been one left, I mean, you borrow every, all the money you can find from anybody, and assume, assuming you get the same line, you would bet the hell out of the other side, right, as a hedge. Sort of like, you know, an option spread. But with two, I uh, can't really do that, right, because all you do is lose on one of them, you lose on everything, right? So, of course, Oklahoma comes in swimmingly, and I don't think he had a chance to fade the Irish, but the Irish was, uh, I think they were like 27-point dogs, or favorites of Air Force, and they won by like 23. So he got screwed. Uh, yeah, I would never want to bet that kind of spread. No, no. A team, can, a team can play very poorly and still beat it, or play very poorly and still win comfortably and, and not cover it. Well, you're also... Trying to figure out how much, how much of the guy's going to put the second team in or not, or that type of stuff. But anyway, he uh, 
he so so I I trundle down to the the dude uh, the cashier at Caesars and I go just out of curiosity how long have you guys been doing that and he says oh like five years I said how often do you pay off he goes we've never paid off <laughs> so I think it's kind of like Warren Buffett's thing well yeah the um th- there's uh, I I just did a, a quick search and um, the uh, uh, the odds of uh, of actually um, picking a perfect bracket if you just guess or click, pick a, uh, flip a coin are in the eh, it's like nine into the sextillions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you know a little something about basketball, then it comes down to one in one hundred and twenty point two billion. Well, but but you're if you if so you, there's a chance. But if you were to assign, I remember back when when the Irish football team was good. I was taking a statistics class. You ever take a class that guy Kerm? He was a character. No, he was a he was like the number one or two handball player on campus. Irish. No name was big on handball. You know who was a real good handball player was Era. Perseguing well, it. And uh, anyway, so you, he know, was, you mentioned handball often enough that you know people who uh, um, who, who don't uh, know Notre Dame probably don't realize that there were you know handball was just very popular rec sport. Yeah. Uh, there, well, uh, it, was, they, I mean, it was. Everywhere. A lot of, it was everywhere. Yeah, it, it was. But um, you know, more people uh, as when I was younger were playing racquetball than handball. Um, essentially, <laughs> the same game, but uh, uh, but uh, you know, it, it, except that you had to you had to put like you, so there there was a, a, a it wasn't a glove really. It was, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, you wore a glove. It, it was a glove, but you know, fingertips uh, exposed. And no, that they weren't. No, they weren't. It, it, it was a full glove because the. Okay. Well, I, the, I, 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 I played it four I days. Guess a I'm week. remembering wrong. I played it four days a week for twenty years. I mean, it was a it's a great game. Talk about the best game in, in the world to stay in shape for softball. Because uh, you learn to go both sides and <laughs> basically a lot of the softball teams I remember in shape was not a well, consideration. Well, no, but I mean, if you played. I'm going to say that playing handball, playing a serious game of handball, three games, took like an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, you're in better shape than just about anything. You'd, you'd have a run where it'd be everybody hit the ball ten times, and I remember, you know, now I can't even imagine it. I, I would be done with that, going as fast as I can, back and forth, back and forth, up and back. And then you'd, you'd walk up to the to the service line, and in ten seconds, your your breathing was down to where it was supposed to be. I mean, your recovery. If you played that game a lot, was was spectacular, and uh, and guys were seriously into it. And uh, as my my boss at Allied Van Lines, Bob Sealer, was one hell of a player, way better than me. He could kill with both hands. I could never I could never do that because my le- the left side never never came around like the right side. And uh, <laughs> so I said, "What do you think of racquetball?" Because I think it's for women, children, and non-athletes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a point of view, eh? Uh, so, Kevin, um, with this banking stuff, matter of fact, today I have to actually deal with a, a couple of clients um, of one of my groups. People, can people be total assholes, basically? I mean, it's, now everybody is... Oh, I, I, I am sometimes, so yes, of course people can. No, you, you would never do something like this. You would, You would never call around to somebody else where their money is at, at a brokerage firm and say that it's not safe there or that bank is not safe you got to get it there's all kinds of that going on now all kinds of that and uh I means PTI clears through uh RBC 
in uh, Royal Bank of Canada, RBC, with their, their subsidiary. And you know what? Now, so one of the, somebody calls yesterday. Now, Schwab is the one that people were looking at because Schwab actually owns a bank. So one of my clients, now another person calls and says, you got to get your money out of IB and put it over to Schwab. It's so much safer. Well, first of all, nobody knows that. There's nobody who knows. And, and, and the securities firms are, are a lot different than banks because security firms don't give loans to people. They're margin loans. It's, it's backed up by stock. Now, of course, the stock drops dramatically. But, I mean, there's there, I don't think anybody has a clue what banks are sort of in trouble or not. Now, you can make a stab at it and say that, okay, on the, on the West Coast, the, the property values went up dramatically, and a lot of banks out there are probably holding jumbos, probably, and that those jumbos are probably down some because uh, the mortgage values have gone, the property values have dropped in the last six months. I mean, you can, you can make a uh, somewhat of a, but you don't, to run around and say, get your money out of this bank to the other, and I, I can't believe, Kevin, the total lack of understanding on people that I think are, you know, very bright in their businesses and how the banking system works and how this insurance works. And God, Kevin, can, can, can somewhere along the line, can we take a money in banking class, for God's sake, in high school or college someplace? And learn no, you know, no, sorry, not not no room in the curriculum. But everybody's an expert on Twitter and, and God knows what else. Everybody's an expert. You know, I you know you probably know, you know how many Lou actually was right on board. You know how much money there is in deposits at banks in this country? Oh, I couldn't begin to guess. It's like seventeen and a half trillion. The 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 uh FDIC has a hundred billion, maybe. And everybody's convinced that everybody's insured 250 and under. They don't realize that the whole system has always been considered to be sacred, not just the people under 250 since the Depression. And if you just, if you just take the attitude that only up to 250 are you safe in the system, the whole thing collapses, Kevin. Doesn't everybody know that? Well, it, and it would, wouldn't that not be true of any kind of insurance? Yeah, without a if doubt. You have to, if you have to pay off... 100% of every policy you have, you're cooked. But if you have to pay off Tom Howe's claim and, you know, not, and maybe a few others because, oh, I don't know, whatever, you know, uh, flooding or something, then, then you're better, you're, you can afford it, you know, and that's how that works. Well, I mean, even if you had, thank God we came through it, you know, not everybody, obviously, but I mean, what, what if the COVID would actually have killed? 25 million people. Does anybody think life insurance companies have enough money? No. <laughs> no, I was just trying to think of something cute to say, and I really can't I mean, when I, it comes I mean, to it's, that. It's some, every, everybody looks at, they look at things that are reasonable, but banks, uh, and, the, and the Fed's job is to, if somebody has the wrong loans, to, to partner them up with other banks and, and make the whole thing move and not let a depositor get hurt. I don't, I don't think on the security side. Now, the security side's different. It's actually probably safer. But then again, what I, what I want to ask you, because uh, I think you know more about it than I do, um, on the security side, your SIPC is 250000 and that's for cash. But if you, if you bring, you know, 5,000 shares of IBM into PTI or Schwab or anybody, then all of a sudden something happens to, well, not PTI, wouldn't be the person would go under because we have a clearing firm. It would be RBC or IB. If something dramatically happened and we're over there, you still get your stock back. Plus, you're insured for two fifty on the cash, right? So it's not you. You could have a, a forty thirty million dollar account, but if you've got twenty nine seven fifty in stock, it's yours, right? Yeah. 
So I mean, it's it's not like you know, but the it, it, is, it is so bizarre. The people keep throwing this, this fear at everybody, and everybody buys it, Kevin. Everybody buys it just because somebody tweets it at you or you see it on the internet. It becomes true. It, it doesn't. I don't think in a Bear Stern situation or the Lehman situation. I mean, ninety-five percent accurate here, I think. But I, I'm going to say I, not one customer lost a dime. Did they? It was people who were in those crazy uh, uh, credit default things and, and in the mortgage plans, the up balance sheet stuff. I don't think. I don't think it's a Bear Stearns customer lost a dime. Okay, so that so what we're really talking about is is all the panic. Yeah. And and now uh, you know because of. Uh, where you know communications technology is, uh, we're we're really talking about panic at the speed of light. Well, I also want to ask you, and and, I, and 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 that can be a gross overreaction uh, to you know basically to anything that's going on. So I, I'm with you 100 percent there. Now, well, the, the there list, still are risk management issues. Oh, sure, without a doubt, without a doubt. Had, and and we still have to deal with those. Um, but uh, you know, as usual, well, you know, I, I let me put it this way: I fully expect that we're going to find uh, that all the warning signs have been there forever, uh, and uh, and the regulators were asleep at the wheel. Well, I'm, I'm going to go one step further. Why are the bonds, Treasury bonds included, why are they tra- why are they trading now to a discount from where they were three years ago? Who do you think? sent the interest rates down to zero and now is raising them to five. And now they're going to be the savior. How could the the same guy (laughs) who who, who pooped all over the lawn and killed the grass be the savior because he put some new seed in the next year? He's the same person. The the Fed caused the problem, now they're going to fix it. Thank God, huh? Yeah, thank you. But but my technical question for you, and I, I think I have a feeling what the answer is, I was reading this thing last night about how you should take your money out of banks and put them in money market funds and in federal treasuries. Okay, well, same thing happens there. Um, I guess if you went to the, if you did it yourself and went to the treasury website and bought it, then yeah, you've got your treasury. Some, I guess it's on account there, right? I mean, they don't, they don't send you a document, so I've never done that. Obviously, we do a lot of it here at PTI for people, and it's in your PTI account. Now that's a a T bill that again is yours, uh, but if I put my if, if say you know we do have relationships with some mutual funds, not because we sell any, we don't we don't, but a lot of a lot of people bring them in, so we actually are part parcel, you know we're I won't say members, but we're registered with you know God knows how many mutual funds my brother has to put up with, uh, but if I put my money in uh, in say Fidelity, say uh, Vanguard. Don't they have a bank, Kevin? The money doesn't stay there if it's money. If it's a oh no no no, they have a, a whole vault full of cash and they, you know, and, and a whole bunch of mattresses because you have to put your yeah. money under the mattress. Um, they they have it all, so uh, yeah, they're they're good to go. But doesn't oh, the federal of course, government? Of course, it winds up back in the banks. Yeah, but doesn't even the federal government put their money in the bank? I know state governments all do. That's a good question. Where does the federal? I, I mean, they are they just on deposit with the Federal Reserve? They might just, might they just probably do that. are. I, I, you know, I I haven't even given that a second thought. Well, my my buddy Robert, who you, you've met, um, sure. Robert was uh, he and his his boys over at the Fed. The banking thing gets so screwed up. Here I am saying it's screwed up now, not not on on the level I'm talking about, but it got so screwed up with some of the Dodd Frank crap that 
banks didn't want if, if you if you deposited say if you were the uh, board of trade clearing or OCC if you wanted to deposit like a half a billion dollars overnight in a bank they didn't want it because it was considered fast money and they had to have more equity to be able to accept it so you design a basic a banking system where let's see you can't give them money, and oh, by the way, they don't make loans. <laughs> there, there's one hell of a banking system, but so they, they didn't even didn't even want that money. But so what they these guys did is they said if you ever have a bank problem, the last thing you want is the is the exchange or the clearing agents to have to go through a bank to get to essentially the Fed. So they gave Board of Trade clearing, and I'm not positive about OCC. They gave them direct inloads, in, inroads into the Fed, even though they're not a bank. They they can actually access the Fed or deposit money there directly, um, which really shouldn't have had to happen. But but because of all these rules on the bank, imagine showing up with a with a huge check and say, "Here we are. Can I, can I have an account? Or can I put hundred million in overnight? Boy, I'd like that problem." And they say, "Nah, can't can't do it." <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you can't do it? Well, you might take it out tomorrow. Well, isn't that the whole idea? I mean. It, Kevin, we were we're going down roads here that that I don't know what what the name of the street is, but it's crazy stuff. But bottom line is, I mean, how can you tell somebody to, to put, take your money out of the bank and put it in a money market fund when that money market fund is going to put it back in the bank? I mean, is the, I mean, as I'm saying, the people giving us advice do they even understand the system? <clears throat> Obviously not. Obviously, yeah, not. And uh, anywho, so. Well, and, and so you know, it. I, I guess it. It boils down to which bank, um, you know. So when when uh, where, you know, does the brokerage put it in a bank that's you know is potentially in trouble? If you think the whole system's going to collapse, then yeah, that makes sense. Now, I suppose you could make the case that uh, you know we're only really talking about mid-sized banks here, because the others will. You know they're the ones swooping into the rescue, uh, and so they must be all okay. <laughs> um, and uh, and so maybe that you know you could argue that kind of logic and 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 consider yourself uh, on top of things. But really, I you know I I think we 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 are in a dangerous time for uh, the banking industry. Not that I think it's going to. It'll get bailed out first of all, if 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 it comes to that, because we won't be able to handle uh, a full collapse. But I I do think you're you're we haven't we aren't done seeing the fallout. For well, it. Kevin, the, the the fallout in the banks, and I actually it may sound like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth here, but I, but I'm not really, at least trying not to. The issues we have with the banks uh, right now, and and really, and with the Fed's balance sheet and with other people's stuff. And certainly, with people that have been buying mortgages, is the Fed, the, the Federal Reserve, by their by their interest rate policies, have driven the the rate of of the price of houses countrywide, which is like our biggest assets. They've driven that price way higher than it ought to be because they drove the interest rates too low, and now virtually some huge percentage of the population can't afford their own house at the new rate. And everybody who owns a stack of mortgages. At three percent or three and a half percent or wherever the hell they get down to, now that they're trading six and a half or seven, nobody will pay. Right now, what those right. people so pay their for assets them. are their assets. Are, the assets uh, are underwater. Deval or have been totally been devalued. And, 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 yeah, and they've lost value. Same thing happens with your long-term treasuries and any other kind of long-term bond. If you'd have bought a long-term bond in XYZ Corp 
at at three percent or something where people I mean Schwab, not Schwab, uh, Amazon, those guys, they were able to sell bonds at uh, like two and a half percent. No, I gotta believe, I gotta believe that if, if you paid a hundred for those things, if that was the coupon, and I'm being technical here, right now that 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 thing is trading at seventy five at best, maybe seventy, right? Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it, it's just, but the Fed did all that. That, That's why, you know, I, I know that people have listened to me forever. They, I, I was so horrified of what happened during the 70s and 80s, which savers didn't get hurt there because the interest rates went up more than the, inter- more than the rate of inflation. Now, it didn't happen this time. So fav- savers have gotten obliterated, absolutely obliterated. In terms of you had a million dollars in a bank account three years ago, it's worth seven and a quarter now at best. Well, that, that's a way to screw your population big time. So th- that's why I, I cannot believe that in my lifetime we did that again, the Fed. Out of all the things I thought the mistake we would never make again, that would be the one. And sure enough, we did it. Gleefully. Happily. And we thought um, we were, you know. In- intentionally. That too. That too. Um, but yeah, you know, you, but now the, the latest is we had people last night scouring the bank. I don't know. You, how, tell me how you find this out. Uh when they say non-insured deposits, what they're talking about, if you had a neighborhood of a thousand people that all put less than two hundred fifty thousand in a bank account, and nobody did anything else, there's no no commercial money in there, there's no payroll money, there's nothing. Theoretically, all that all that is quote insured. That's if you assume that the, F, the FDIC is ever designed to be used and more than an opiate for the people. Uh, that bank is quote. Your deposits in that bank are, quote, okay. But if you have a bank where people do a lot of payrolls through there, people have, you know, don't even hesitate to have several million dollars there because they got a transaction tomorrow or you're buying oil from someplace and you got to send or it Or you just have to have an operating account. Yeah, you just have to have an operating account. Now they're saying that those banks are, are, are less safe because uh, the, 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 and I don't know how, how they're getting it, the person under 250 is, quote, still nominally insured. So they're they're saying that if, it's, if the bank has a lot of non-insured deposits, then you should take your money out of that bank. So I guess it's okay if you're the only person with a big account there. If there's a bunch of people like you, then you're supposed to get out. I, I don't even get the logic, Kevin. I mean, I was reading that last night, and that, that was the problem with this uh, Republic Bank. They were they and the uh, well, that's the other one that went out on Friday. They had a lot of un- uninsured, meaning big people. Well, I I don't know if that necessarily makes it worse. Do you? Well, I don't know that it does, especially since we we intend to make everybody whole there. Yeah, um, which you know makes I, you know what I, I haven't read the specifics of how they intend to make everybody whole, um, so I don't know what they, what exactly they're doing. They said, of course, it's uh, coming out of the FDIC, but it, you know, it just seems to me if you want to make people whole, why not just you know their, their money's still there, the yeah. deposit money still exists. It needs to be. Uh, it needs to be, you know, turned into cash from other assets, which I think the bank is entitled to. If if a lot of their issue is people that had like a, a, a covenants for exclusive banking arrangements and things like that, but that as soon as you know that their loans are callable and therefore uh, can be liquidated and, and are you know if they move their banking relationship elsewhere, they probably should be able to get a. Uh, um, you know, to get a loan to pay down the one at uh, um, Silicon Valley. So 
Why not just let people who really have cash needs borrow the money if you want to do it, and they but they have to pay an interest well, rate. Well, at for the it. risk of Andrew coming and, coming around the door and winging stuff at me, let me give a, a real quick, Kevin, and tell me if I'm wrong. A real quick analysis of what the bank's balance sheet looks like. Say there's a hundred million dollars in deposits. Now that would be a liability. That's stuff that you and I put in there, and the rest of the it's what you owe. Yeah, that's what, what the bank owes, and the bank probably has. Let's say fifteen million available every given day for cash withdrawals and so forth. Fifteen percent that seems to be the number that I've come across as the buffer everybody has. But let's just say that. For, so that's now these are cash problems. Now on the equity side, the bank say has twenty million dollars in equity and eighty million dollars in quote loans to other people, or or they could be uh, or the equity. That's a problem. The equity could be in. Uh, U.S. Treasuries or something, but generally, it's not in stocks. It's not in stuff. The equity's pretty tight. So now, if everybody wants to take their money out, all right? Well, the loans, you're not going to get them back today, all right? Because obviously they're in houses, they're in businesses, but they're saleable. Now, in a normal time, they might actually be saleable for the number that's on the books, right, Kevin? Well, they're, they're saleable, and and but more important, they're callable. Okay, but I'm saying, but just be simple with it. There's they're saleable. Nor- in normal times, they might be a very fine loan, and they're saleable. Maybe even for more, you got them on the book. But now, because of the way interest rates were, they're a little less. So how does how does the bank well the bank gets in trouble if the amount of loans, the saleable part of the loan, is less than they are on the book? So say the eighty million dollars you got a loan, if you went to sell them tomorrow, you only get seventy for them. Okay, well that's not a good day. But now the bank has twenty million of their own equity, so the ten comes out of there, and they still got ten million left, and everybody's okay, right? So and that, but the problem comes down to is if the 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 part that you have to you essentially puke the loan portfolio out is you take a bigger discount there than than you have in equity, so the bank loses money. But it's not like they're going to lose ninety million out of the thing, Kevin. I mean, they, even in the worst the worst of days, they're probably going to be down ten or fifteen, which is not horrible on a hundred million dollar enterprise. And 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 this is uh, you know, and we're working under the assumption. That those loans will be paid, right? Um, that that one way or another, whether they're uh, whether they're refied at another bank or whether they're you know the uh, the company continues to make loan payments, but whatever it is, it's the assumption that they will be paid. It's only a unsolvable problem if people can't pay anymore, well, which is what we ran into in two thousand seven. Right, and, and you know, and the odd part, Kevin, and this we're going to go to break here. I promise, Andrew, is that. The thing that I think you guys are teaching in, in your finance stuff and the thing, obviously, that you and I learned in school, um, there's a big difference in a business between your equity and your, quote, profit and your cash. Most new businesses do not go out of business because they they don't they don't have, quote, profit. They go out of business because they don't have cash. They yeah, you, make- you, you can... You can uh- uh, you can have negative cash flow and a positive profit statement. Yes, and uh, um, and as a, I had a, a finance professor in grad school who used to at least once a cl- uh, class reach into his pocket. He kept his cash in a clip, and he'd pull out his money clip and hold it over his head, and he would say, "This is all that matters." <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> once you're out of cash, you're out of options. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't do the rest. Even though in theory, everything, everything you're 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 selling, you're you're selling it for more than it costs for you to make it, but if those guys aren't paying you, you're screwed. Right? Exactly. 
SP yep. Futures down 12, NASDAQ Futures down 5. We're leaking a little bit here. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Tyson Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. on the board. SP Futures now down 14. NSA Futures down 10. Uh, Dow Futures down 119. We're leaking a tad here. Uh, mostly, let me see where the uh, these bank guys are. Uh, KRE is the mid, mid-bank index, and that would be... Down 64 cents, only 45.67. Uh, I tried to do some stuff in in these things yesterday, but it's Republic uh, Republic Bank 
don't think I've ever seen 400, 400 and 500 volatility numbers. Like, wow. <laughs> those, those, those are real numbers. So I, I didn't do anything. I think my clients didn't really want any part of that, neither did I. So over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX down 13. I'm going to call that flat. The FTSE up 11. Call that flat. Back around down 14.2%. So these guys, uh, Credit Suisse, after being bailed out for $54 billion, is down another 9% today. So people take a look at the package and they're they're somewhat uh, relieved, but not not totally happy with it, I guess. We're in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 323. Now these guys were down yesterday, uh, up up 1.2. So they've been up down kind of be behind us all week. Hang Sang, which had massive volatility this week, is up 314. That's 1.6%. They were down a whole bunch. They are down like 400 yesterday. So it's up and down, up and down over there. Shanghai up 23.7. Uh, over in the U.S., over in the U.S., here in the U.S. yesterday, Dow was up 371, S&P up 68, NASDAQ up 283. There's a huge relief rally. It seems like we're leaking a little bit today, but nothing. We're not down anywhere near where we were up yesterday, so right now it's a blip. Uh, Ten-year down 8 basis points, 3.50. The bond minus 5 basis points, 2.19. Uh, Japan actually back up. The 0.37, so they're up eight basis points, heading maybe back to the 50 top. Oil up 28 cents, but still only 68.63. Ran up two cents, 74.72. Natural gas up down seven, 244. Arbob up two cents, 253. At gold, uh, with a big move up, uh, get one well, not huge, but a pretty good move up today. Up 17.50, 19.40. Silver up 35 cents to 22.04. Copper up seven cents, 3.93. Uh, we've got Bitcoin up at seventeen hundred bucks to twenty six thousand seven twenty. Never thought that the that the, that the source of uh, security here would be this Bitcoin. I boy, I, I refuse to give my opinion on that, but people I think know what it is. Over uh, the U.S. dollar is down slightly. Euro's at one hundred six and the pound at one twenty one. So we've had some up and down days over there. We're pretty much landing right where we were. Maybe maybe a little stronger on the dollar than a few weeks ago, but not that much. Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. All right, it is 640 here in Chicago on March 17th. Starting off with sports, with some hockey, uh, the Blackhawks won last night, beating the Predators 2-1. And the Coyotes also won against the Canucks, ending their game 3-2. Moving over to basketball, last night the Suns won against the Magic, ending their game 116 over 113. And finally, tonight, we can look forward to the Timberwolves playing the Bulls at 7 p.m. Chicago time. Now, moving over to Chicago weather, it is currently 38 degrees. Going to have a high of just 39 degrees today. Uh, looks like any rain or precipitation is going to stop. Uh, going to be pretty good and dry for the rest of the day, but cloudy. Uh, moving over to Phoenix, they're at 55 degrees, clear skies, and they're going to have a high of 72 today. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, on the major expressways, traffic is starting to build up a little bit, uh, but as far as I can tell, there are no major accidents on them, so that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. The, uh, uh, Kevin, I'm just reading this article, and I just, you know, it's the, it's the Repu- Republicans doing it this time. I mean, I, I guess there is some sort of an assumption that our, that our elected officials make about us. And, and, and at the... Uh, uh, at, at the really at the, at the root of all my criticism of government at every level and these politicians is is a as I get older, I really don't want these people assuming I'm an idiot and treating me like one. I guess that's the base of it. And, and yet they do. And yet they do. And uh, and, you know, and maybe on average they they may think they're right. It does or seem to work for them. Does seem well. to work for them pretty well. 
But the one thing I will say is the next time a uh, Republican group takes over Congress, both sides, and maybe to, maybe there will be a next time, and maybe the presidency. You know, don't get all giddy over there. Uh, the first thing the Democrats will do is hold up the debt ceiling thing, because that's what you do if you're the opposition party, and now the Republicans are holding it up. Hey, and, and, and yet the entire population is supposed to forget that four, two, four, six short years ago was this other side doing the exact same thing. Yep. And I well, guess and, and the whole thing is, you know, it's, look, you want the debt ceiling raised, uh, President Biden, you're, you know, you, you, you're not going to get away with saying, I'm not going to negotiate this, um, which has been his stance. Is there, no, not even going to discuss any negotiations. I want a clean debt ceiling. Okay. You know, um, and uh, uh, you can go with the Uncle Junior statement. Well, um, in, in, in from the, uh, from uh, 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 the uh, Sopranos, where he, uh, you know, they they <laughs> said, "I want Johnny Sack," and he said, uh, "Yeah, well, I want uh, I want to um, uh, open parentheses have sex with close parentheses Angie Dickinson. Let's see who gets lucky first. <laughs> yeah, well." Tell you what, she'd be pretty high in my list. Anyway, just saying. Uh, is she still alive? I don't know. She's high on your list. Oh yeah, well, sure I mean, I'm not still alive. I'm talking about when we were both a lot younger. Uh, anyway, doesn't get any hotter. But the uh, matter of fact, she had a she had a line on Johnny Carson. She actually stupefied Johnny Carson one day. She was on, and uh, she says, Johnny says to him, Angie, you can set this straight for me. I've I've read, and I've heard that women dress for other women. And Angie says, Johnny, you should know that. We dress for women, we undress for men. The look on his face. <laughs> the, look, the, look, the look on his face. He, I thought he was going to swallow his pencil. But uh, anyway, no, I, you know, but I mean, when, when people pass these laws, okay, and whether the Democrats are jamming them through or the Republicans are jamming them through and the other side doesn't like it, whatever, there's a cost to all of them or, or maybe a discount. I mean, wherever it happens to be. But then whatever it is, <clears throat> one day... If you're borrowing, you got to borrow more. I don't see on either side, honestly, Kevin, that that all of a sudden becomes a day where you can re redo every bill that's been passed up to that time. I mean, I just I don't see it. It it, it seems like uh, you know, okay, we're, we're going to pass a bill to borrow money to uh, to build a road. Well, every six months, do we have to go through the same thing again because we go out for, to borrow the same money we said we're going to borrow? I, mean, I don't want to. I, I I I can't stand the amount of money they're spending out there. But I really don't think. I procedurally, I don't see this debt ceiling is this constant fight every single time. When every every the reason why they're borrowing is because of stuff the idiots well, have passed. Well, here's 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 what they really should do, is if you pass a bill like the omnibus or like the um, you know the uh, infrastructure bill, then you should pass a debt ceiling measure to go with it. Or you know it could be though, Kevin. Well, it, because yeah. because you're going to spend the money, so let's you know. But nobody wants to do that because what you're what you're you know this this stupid notion that oh this bill is going to pay for itself. Oh God, yeah, yeah which they all claim. Yeah, it would be totally defeated by the idea of oh by the way we have to pass a debt ceiling increase to pass the, to pay for this bill. Well, the only thing that I, I would say that so, in favor... You know, it's, it's just which lie do you want to believe? Well, the only thing I would say in favor of whatever party it is that's bitching about the debt increase 
is that none of them read the damn bill. None of them did the math. And now they're, now they're all <coughs> uh, apoplectic at how much it's actually costing. <laughs> I guess that's what's happening, right? I mean, well, yeah, to a point. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's part of it. Um, and part of it is just the, uh, the simple idea that, um, that they uh, were lying all along. Well, now the they know it. They know damn well what these things are going to cost. I don't and, think these and, people and, have, have. I think there's actually morons, and I'll say that straight out. There's actually morons on both sides that that the the Republicans actually think. Now, I'm not talking about dropping taxes from ninety percent to seventy, or something like that. Where I you, I think you could really make a case that more decisions would be made to go ahead with projects and so forth that you could actually end up ahead of the game. But we start talking about dropping uh, corporate stuff to compete with Zimbabwe because theirs is lower, and then say you're going you're gonna to be a net winner on that bill. Come on, come on, I'm not that stupid. Nor, uh, nor am I, hopefully not as stupid as when Biden comes out or his group comes out and says, we're going to put this infrastructure out there, and somewhere along the line people are going to get Wi-Fi or we're going to fix a bridge or we're going to do this, and it's going to make people so much better at what they do that we're going to end up with more money 10 years. No, Kevin, come on. I, I'm too old of a cat to get screwed by a kitten, I hope. You know, I mean, I mean, really? <laughs> you know, well, I mean, and, and you know what? They may be theoretically right, but oh, that's assuming a certain, le- a certain level of, of uh, competent management of the whole process to make it happen. So, you know, yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can go with the theory, I suppose, but, uh, you know, how does it turn into, uh, into reality? It doesn't. Well, if you have a tax rate on a corporate level or any level, and you're looking for people to invest money. You can't have a corporate tax rate of ninety percent because why would anybody do a project? I mean, tails I tails you win, heads I lose. Why would, why would anybody start a business? Yeah, so I'm saying why would anybody? But then once you get down to thirty percent and you say we're going to lower it to twenty five or something, you know, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I mean, the, the, there might be a decision there somewhere that's so close to whether you're going to do it or not. But, you know, when, when you start talking about the... I'll, I'll kick up here the real number so I don't really want to send Kevin a bad number because he's the one guy you don't want to do that to. Uh, I'm going to say that the... Uh, when you talk about... you know, And again, this is not a... We're trying to be a, 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 a tax show here. But I think when you reach the point on your, on your government stuff... I'm here looking here at the uh, total revenues in from the uh, federal government... Corporate tax revenue is down to like six and a half percent. Yeah, but I think that's a little light. I just do. I mean, it's you know, but total government tax revenue is four point six uh, trillion dollars, and the corporate tax is what four hundred thirty-nine billion. So say it's nine percent or something. And really, uh, I don't you know. I don't know that that's. It's, it's, it's when you look at the, the size of the corporations we have now and the money they make. I mean, well, it's, so so what's going on there? And the answer is. Taxable income is not no well, it, it, not necessarily cheating. You built a tax code that uh, allows people to uh, to turn a a really solid profit, and yet when it comes to taxable uh, uh, taxable income, to have a, a much lower number. Well, and I think we for twenty five years, and actually still today, the, the little hidden secret of the, of the the Trump tax cut, where he's bringing everybody back from overseas. I think it's still it's probably more advantageous to keep your company overseas now than it is now than it is than it was then. Could be, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look into it. I mean, have to look into it too. But it did. But it wasn't like so. I mean, but you look at the advantages of. I mean, it, you know, this is this is all kind of a, a competition thing. 
Kevin, and the, the part you don't want to get, and I used, I used to, you know, I used, yeah, that didn't make it right or not, is I used to say this once in a while at a board meeting at the CBOE, and I'd say, there's always going to be people that are going to try and, going to try and take advantage of any loophole you might have or, or might actually go against the rules. And yeah, I hate calling them loopholes because that, that has such a negative kind of a connotation, and yet it, it's the law. It's just people it's following a, the law, or it's a lack so of law. To, you know, well, or you're taking what you're doing is you're taking advantage of the tax code as it's written. Uh, boy, Dr. Jane and I had one of the biggest arguments ever on, on the air about that. I take the ap- totally ap- opposite view that the the tax code, just because it didn't anticipate your shenanigans, doesn't mean that 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 you're you're correct in doing it. I'm going to express myself all well, over. yeah, we're we're getting into the legal ethical argument here, and I I hear what you're saying, but the but that's not that's not the tax game that the government has created. Well, um, I'll give you and, and 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 what I mean by that is, it is all built on technicalities. So, you know, the the definition of the game is all about technicalities. That's the way tax laws are enforced, and that's the way. That uh, that businesses and accountants and everybody involved then is going to play their side of the game. Well, that's the rules. Of, that's the rules of the game as it's been specified and as it's been implemented. Well, it, I think it. So I take the opposite view in the sense that it's it's lack of rules. Well, whatever it is, but no, I, I don't think it is lack of rules, Tom. I think the the issue is too damn many rules. Well, okay, we and and an un, unwieldy, unmanageable amount of rules. Let me give you an example that I used in my argument with Dr. J. We actually got pretty heated because uh, somebody sent it to me on YouTube. Um, let's, let's say, for instance, a corporation here is supposed to pay, pick a number, 30% in taxes. All right? And, you know, and your, and your income is supposed to be how much money comes into your place, minus how much the expenses are, and the rest is what? Income. And you're supposed to ship 30% of that to the government. It's pretty simple. Now, Suppose, for instance, the the uh, tax in Bermuda, and I don't know what the hell it is, or the Bahamas or someplace, is 5%. Now, everybody sees the tax law, and, and, it's, and it's pretty pretty straightforward. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the way you and I would write it. All of a sudden, you get some sneaky guy like me and some sneaky guy like Andrew, and I said, you know what? PTI, or not PTI, Stocks and Jacks is all of a sudden, we got sponsors basically out the behind, which we don't, but if we did... And, and we're gonna we're gonna get we, these 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 guys are sending me a million dollars in sponsor checks. Well, hell, I don't want to I don't want to pay. Say our expenses are a hundred grand or two hundred grand. I don't feel like taking eight hundred grand times thirty percent and sending that check to the government. Why the hell would I do that? So I'm gonna take Andrew. I'm gonna ship his ass down to the Bahamas or wherever it is. Get him some, some flunky apartment, which he might be nice. He might be a beach guy. And all Andrew does is send me a schedule. Every week of who we should have on the show, and I'm going to pay Andrew that area, that group down there, eighty grand a month. Well, there goes my eight hundred thousand dollar profit. I don't have any profit. It's down there. Now all of a sudden I sit there and go, now I'm, now I'm not paying the federal government anything, and now my 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 Bermuda or Bahamas place is paying five percent. The law doesn't didn't allow that, Kevin. They just they just didn't think that somebody would be that sleazy. Now. You got to come back, and if if you want, yeah. But now they've known it for how many years? Well, but now, but now it's a different story. Now all of a sudden, 
you've got they said we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say you can't do this and all of a sudden some lobbyist shoves some money in somebody's pocket and now it becomes a precedent but it, it never was the intention or the law it's not it's not like like dr j was saying that's the law no no it didn't. the law the law never said that was okay <laughs> it it just it never it just wasn't anticipated people did it and now people are too are too whatever weenies to stop it because now the right people are doing it and the weird part was the per, the first person who the first company who really did that i think was like forest labs and you, and you know what they put down in in uh in Bermuda or wherever it was or Bahamas that they were paying royalties are on? They're US patents. You know what, Kevin? That sucks. The 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 patent is given to you by the US government. You're gonna put offshore and pay rent to the patent and so you don't have any income here? Really? I mean the, the normal person in this country would never say that somebody wrote a law with that intention and that was perfectly okay according to anybody's law. I don't think. No, I'm with you. Okay, so we better, uh, um, you know, because uh, uh, we really didn't get a mention in the uh, um, update. Uh, we we probably should have mention of the uh, this basketball tournament thing yeah. that they have. They do this every year, I hear. Oh, by the way, before you do that, did you see the films? We, we listened to Lou yesterday talking about this drone. Did you see the films of those idiots trying to drop gasoline on the thing? No. There, there's, <laughs> they got a YouTube video of them bumping into the drone. Which Lou says nobody would ever do on purpose. You would never bang your your jet engine and uh, your wing into somebody else's propeller for for fear the thing was going to take you down. They're riding over the thing and they're trying to dump fuel on it. And when they miss, the guy they missed on the fuel and the guy bangs into the thing with his plane and the thing goes down. I mean, I, <laughs> talk about incompetence. I, I, I'm sitting, I mean, Lou was telling me about it. I, I, I sort of like didn't believe him. Then I saw the video. I'm going, what the hell? Well, I'll take a look at it. Oh, it's, it's unreal. <laughs> I, okay, so what about... Maybe get Andrew to treat it out. Well, a couple of interesting upsets yesterday. Uh, yeah. Number two seed Arizona lost um, to number 15 seed Princeton. Uh, a lot of people had Arizona picked to win it all. Um, what about your and, buddy? And, and, and it was kind of the... It was, it was the classic... Uh, game of Arizona comes out not taking them all that seriously and they leave them in the game and leave them in the game and then somewhere in the second half Arizona says okay well we better we better play hard so they play hard and wind up getting the lead out to seven or eight and say okay good we're fine we're good we got these guys we can go back to playing like crap and uh only to let princeton back in the game and uh and and princeton's got guys that can shoot but the the craziest game was uh virginia who was a four seed playing Furman. team name of Furman, tom oh god i have no idea the purple paladins everybody knows purple that they're paladins, the purple paladins huh? yes um uh Furman and virginia uh you know again virginia can be offensively challenged uh, at times, and and they're known for playing defense. But Virginia spent a, a good portion of the early in the second half, um, you know, getting out to about a ten point lead, and and you know, it, as Mike Bray always used to say, when you when you're down ten to them, it feels like you're down twenty because of the way they play defense and and how hard it is to get a get a run going against them. But uh, for Furman kind of whacked away and whacked away, and and they get to the end now at with. Uh, Oh, with like 19 seconds left, um, uh, Virginia went up by four, uh, and and then 
fouled, so they send the guy to the free throw line. He makes a couple of free throws. And then with seven, uh, so now it's a two-point lead. With seven seconds left, Virginia has to inbound the ball. The guy throwing the inbound pass is a sixth-year player. Uh, Kihei Clark, he's been there forever. He was, you know, when they won the national championship several years ago, he was an important part of it. And so they have their most reliable guy. They have a timeout left. This guy's trying to throw the inbound pass. He panics. He tried to just heave it way down the court so, you know, that even if it were intercepted, uh, that it would, um, uh, you know, it would it, it would still make it really really hard for them to come, you know, for them to come all the way back down the court and score. He only got it to half court, got intercepted, and and the guy comes in and makes a three pointer and puts him up sixty eight foot uh, for uh, the uh, uh, Furman up sixty eight sixty seven, and that was with with two seconds left, and that was the way <laughs> the game ended. Uh, I mean, it it was just the most. You know, all he had to do was call timeout. If he couldn't do anything else, call timeout and get yourself into a different play. Because if they inbounded the ball, they would foul. The uh, you know Furman would have to foul the guy. Then he could go down to the other end of the court, make a you know make one free throw, and the worst that can happen is overtime. Make two, and you got the game. Um, but nope, he just panicked, and it was one of the ugliest looking inbounds passes oh, I yeah. have ever seen. Do we uh, should we ask Andrew what a paladin is? You should ask me what the Paladin is. I won't be able to answer well, you it. Don't, you don't remember the TV show? If you, if I, talking, oh, yeah, I do remember the TV show. I can answer that if you're talking Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-oh, Otherwise, yeah. no idea. Anyone who fights hard for something they believe in can be called a Paladin. They originally were any of the 12 peers in Charlemagne's court, of whom they were, they were knights renowned for heroism and chivalry. Okay. Hence, that was a, what a great show. Remember, uh, have gun will travel. Where yeah, it, I do. It was a what is it? Have gun will travel. Uh, reads the card of a man, a, a soldier of fortune in a savage land, something like that. We got a few of those today. <laughs> savage, a savage land. Um, anyway, Kevin, thank you very much. We'll we'll, we'll do more. Uh, might have to have a special uh, NCAA thing on Monday, maybe when John's on or something. Uh, by the way, uh, we did the the uh, Zoom with two people the other day, and it was great. Uh, well, I, I hear Zoom is made for these uh, these newfangled uh, meetings. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> S&P futures down eight. We've come back some. Nasdaq futures up twenty two. We were down a while ago, but now we're at least mixed. Be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. (laughs) Yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. 
With devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. Hello, Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 12. Nasdaq Futures up 12. We've been kind of bouncing around this. We've been up and down, up and down for the last hour. And uh, I think it's happening pretty much everywhere as people are trying to figure out where we're landing on this. Uh, you know, I'll say so far kind of minor bank panic, but people are getting all up in arms about it. Some, com- some of these banks have lost massive amounts of cash. Uh, some of these stocks... Uh, you know, are down you know way below their last year's. I'll give a couple of examples. Uh, Carl, you with us, bud? I most certainly am. What uh, What do you make of all this? Southern people are being about as sleazy as they can get, telling other people to leave places and come back to places. And I guess you never have to worry about any sort of a, uh, uh, you know, any, any sort of reality in this or anything like that. Do you just? Uh, how do you spell torturous interference with business relationships? Um, that's well, we. You, we don't. Everything is okay now. As long as it's okay in the internet, it's okay. Carl, you know that. Yeah, you know this is. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, Ackman was running around on Friday, um, essentially trying to incite a bank panic. Yes. Why isn't that guy in jail? Well, uh, yeah, because uh, by the way, he was almost certainly short a whole bunch of these shares too. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, if he wasn't, I bet he had a whole ton of puts. Um, <laughs> And and the thing is, we but we we set this up, okay? We have a a group of so-called regulators that are more interested in anything other than competence. I don't care if it's your pronouns or you know what sex you are. I it, it, <laughs> we have a Treasury Secretary who runs around the world telling us that diversity, equity, and inclusion, and oh by the way, climate change. Yeah is the most important thing that's going to impose panics on the financial system. Not, not, may I point out, whether or not the basic tenet of banking and a stable banking system has been violated by a institution that happens to have a few hundred billion dollars floating around, that being SVB. That 
outfit should have been shut down. And by the way, the 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 other one that they got, Signature Bank in New York, Barney Frank was on their board. Yep. Okay. And making by the way, dough. making big dough. Right, making big dough for probably doing nothing other than you know, well, you know, his his office infamously had a prostitute ring running out of D.C. when uh, when he was a congressperson. And, and uh, I, I guess you know whatever flips your switch, right? But the, yeah, the, the the thing about this is, so as I pointed out, this is actually one of the sections in the the first couple chapters of my book that was released in 2011 after the crash is how the banking system actually works. So you go get a loan from Bank A in your town, and you go buy a car. Well, the car dealer now has a check, which is cash. Right, because you bought the car. Right. Okay. So the car dealer has cash. Well, the car dealer deposits that cash somewhere because some of that has to go pay his employees. Some of it has to go pay for the next car that he's going to sell. And so, but the odds that he is going to deposit that cash in the same bank that you got the loan from is basically zero. Right. That's extremely unlikely that that's going to happen. Well, if it's if it's in the same town, it's actually probably pretty high. Well, maybe okay. Yeah. But the but the thing, you know, I mean, people buy houses. Right. They, they, they engage in transactions where you borrow money and you spend it, and and this happens every single day. And the entire point of the Federal Reserve, leave leave the the, the interest rate thing is, you know, two percent of what they actually do. Without a doubt. The entire point of a central bank is to balance the books between these institutions. So overnight, because your transaction came out of one bank went into another your bank is short cash the other bank is long cash all right so your bank has to have cash so it borrows in the overnight market at a very cheap price because it's one day and it, that's how the books get balanced and then the next day the transaction probably happens the other direction somebody borrows from the other bank and puts it in your bank and and then they don't have to borrow that anymore okay that's normally how banking works and the amount of money that these banks have to spend on these overnight loans is quite small because on average everything sort of balances out over day over days okay so some days it's to your credit to other days it's to your debit and you know overall it, it doesn't mean a whole lot svb violated every single piece of this they had hundreds of billions of dollars of cash that was sitting on their book that would never come back into their bank because they did not do retail business, essentially. Okay, I mean, you know, 2% of their their deposits are insured or something like this. Virtually all of no, their it was like It was like 12, but still it's real low. It's very, very low. Yeah, right? yeah, Almost yeah. nothing. Yep. All right? And, and, and the other problem they have is that, as we are now finding out, all right, they were preferred for a bunch of Chinese people, which are outside the U.S. system entirely, putting money in to fund whatever kind of startup venture might be going on out in Silicon Valley or somewhere else. And the reason they were the preferred conduit was they didn't ask a lot of questions. They made it easy. Well, what does make it easy usually correlate with? Scams, right? Because, well, you don't ask a lot of questions. Yeah, okay. Um, By the way, that supposedly isn't supposed to happen in the United States because we have this thing called Know Your Customer. Um, so you have an institution that when somebody starts grabbing cash out of it and putting it somewhere else, all of a sudden they're cash poor and have to go into the overnight market, and it's not 
a tiny little amount of money they have to pay. It's a lot of money because their books are ridiculously out of balance and never will balance. And it's because they don't do banking the way you and I think of it as banking. They violate the basic model of a bank in a banking system, and it's intentional. So these guys, they get unbalanced. Oops, we have to sell some assets. And then the best part of this is that Moody's turns around and says, um, oh, by the way, you know, we recognize this risk. We're going to downgrade your debt a couple of notches. And rather than suck it up and take the stock price hit that would have come from that, they turn around and fly out to New York, the executives fly out to New York, meet with Goldman, try to get somebody to take a private placement to increase their capital base in, a, in an effort to get only one notch of downgrade instead of two. That deal is one of those things that you have to do tomorrow because Moody's is going to do it tomorrow. Right. And the only way to stop it is to have it completed by tomorrow. And the people that they're negotiating with look at have a look under the kimono and say, we can't do this in 24 hours. We can't do our diligence on this. You may be selling us a pig and a poke and we don't know. We need to analyze this book and it, it we can't do it 24 hours. Sorry. And once word of that gets out on the street, everyone runs the bank. Okay. Well, yeah, that's exactly what you expect. But here's the point. We have a regulator called the OCC. And then we oh, we also have an auditor, KPMG, that, what, two weeks prior to this, passed on their books? Well, the, the OCC, you, you're talking the capital currency, it would be fed. Yeah. They're not a, they're not well, a money right. center, They're not a money center bank. No, money but, the OC, but the OCC regulates all actual banks now. There used to be OTS as well. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a few years ago. Now, tell me if this has changed. When I was learning all this stuff, the big money center banks, your Citigroup and those kinds of people, were regulated by the, the comptroller currency. The, right. The a regular national bank, like Evergreen Park National Bank, was regulated by the Fed, and state banks were regulated by the FDIC. Has that changed? Um, OCC has supervisory regulation over all federally chartered institutions that are not thrifts, which no longer exist. So what is the, what is the Federal Reserve? They're still involved somehow. Well, that's well, yeah, but the but this is all part of the same thing, right? The Federal Reserve is involved in this as well. Okay. By the way, OCC is part of Treasury. Okay. When you say OCC, I'm, I'm thinking Options Clearing Corp. It's not. It's no, a, no, it's uh, no, no. It's a right, COC. Control of the currency. COC, Correct. yeah. All right, and they are... And, and that is part of the Treasury's function, is regulating the banking system. So that's Janet Yellen. All right. These are the same people that back in 2007, first quarter 2007 earnings reports, why I started writing the market ticker. There was a dislocation in the markets over in Asia. I woke up one morning, Asia's down you know, 6%. And I'm like, what in the blankety-blank is going on here? I start digging around. First quarter earnings reports are coming out. Washington Mutual reports that they have paid 53 cents in dividends. Problem is they didn't earn 53 cents in cash. That's a problem. Well, they were counting their capitalized interest from negative amortization option arms and that's what they were paying the, the, the dividends out of. Now, that's not cash. Okay? It is a promise to pay money later and it is an asset and it's as long as the person actually pays the loan it's a legitimate asset of course you know we we all know what happened a year and a half later right yep but they were paying dividends out of money they didn't have 
Now, if I'm a regulator or an auditor and I see this and I'm supposed to be insuring a sound banking system, I come in there and I tell you, you do that again, you're out of business. Carl, what's you're the... Closed. Uh, be- okay, before you go any further, and it, it used to be, again, just a long time ago, that you couldn't pay dividends out if you didn't, like, earn the money. Yet, every... Yeah, well, that's what they did. Uh, but I'm saying, in a, <laughs> but on a quarterly basis, most companies don't make money every single quarter, especially if you're any kind of a cyclical business, but they do pay dividends quarterly. How, how do they get around that? Do you, do you get to average it on a yearly basis, or how do you do that? I, you know, I don't know what the what the FAS, the FASB regulations are on that. Um, you, you, don't, you don't I, see a company not pay a dividend they've paid for 40 years because they had you know, a, 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 they had a bad a, quarter. They, right. they had a storm well, have a problem in one quarter or something. Yeah, no, it's a, there's, you know, there's, there are rules on this sort of stuff, okay? But when you set a pattern that you are going to pay dividends out of funds that are, are basically invading your capital asset base and you're a bank and you do this, the correct thing for the regulator to do is to come in and close you. Period. I don't care whether you're allegedly sound at that point. If you keep doing it, you're not going to be. And I said, this this has to stop. This is this. Well, is there's also up. big. I mean, I don't know what you do with the. Uh, this is all caused, in my opinion, by by the Fed. Uh, every when I say everybody, I mean I don't. PTI doesn't. I don't know if RBC does. Uh, every across the board, you've got massive. Uh, mortgage problems with houses that were were bid up because the interest rates were zero. Oh yeah, and there's still. By the way, the, those those prices are not rationalizing anywhere yet. No, but well, you know what? They sort of are because I we well, but uh, they will though. Well, but I, right. I, I was on with I don't think it was was it you two weeks ago where we I, I heard one report I, I didn't find it I didn't follow up on it so I guess me bad on that but heard something on uh, news radio seventy eight there was a report. That uh, in, in California, I think it was the northern part, Frisco, that whole area, uh, Silicon Valley. That they think that, that property values have dropped two point three trillion dollars in the last year, six months, or something. Of course, me thinking like you, I'm sitting here, okay, who's holding all this paper, and what's it really worth? The stuff they're holding, right? Right. And now, now of course, we both know that anybody who bought a thirty-year Treasury two years ago, the thing is. If you market the market, it's got to be seventy percent, right? Or seventy. Oh yeah, you've gotten hammered. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so now, this bank, as soon as I look at their balance sheet, I didn't go through it as deep as you. I, I see them fifty-seven billion dollars in mortgage loans, and I'm sitting there going, God, if these are if these are jumbos, these guys are keeping, uh, you know, out for all the people, the rich people that use the bank. I don't know what that portfolio is worth if they had to sell it tomorrow. Now, the other stuff, the stuff normally gets factored out to Fannie and Freddie and goes off into the wind to where somebody else is taking a hit on it, not you. All you did was originate it, right? Well, but, except, but, except then these guys are, remember, today, uh, post, post-2007 and 2008, when the Federal Reserve broke the law by backstopping Fannie and Freddie paper, which on the face of the prospectus... Said there is no federal guarantee, but they but they totally screwed the Fannie and Freddie shareholders and they have to this well, day. Well, they did, but here's the problem with doing that now, Chief. It used to be that a bank could not hold that as tier one capital because it wasn't federally guaranteed. The yeah. only thing they could hold was Ginnies because Ginnies are well, you know, Ginnies they have, actually 
somewhere something snuck in there, Carolyn. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I mean, our our banking system, to its credit, does not let banks hold stocks and companies as good capital, unlike Europe and Japan. Correct. Correct. But I think somehow there was a little favorite college rule that allowed guys to own Fannie and Freddie preferred as good capital. Preferred, but not but right, not. But, with the agency perf- securities, but the but the preferred one under as well. Well, yeah, it did. But the, but the whole the whole problem that you have with the, the the essence of banking regulation and the whole you know there's the latest thing that's been flying around on on the internet and on Twitter in particular, uh, which really angers me, and I've and I've ripped a few people a new butthole over it, is that they argue that you know the the, the FDIC has. Um, Oh, some tiny, uh, you know, one percent or one point two percent or something like that worth of the one, deposit base. One, you know, you know how much they they have at at most. Well, FDIC, yeah, like basically nothing. They got a hundred billion dollars. Right, right. Which is which well, you is, know, you know what the total deposits are in the country. You do. Oh yeah, it's like six or seven trillion. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I mean, but here, but here's the thing, Chief. If the regulators are doing their job, if their regulators are doing their job. It, you don't need anything. Um, and, the reason, and, and the reason is this. As soon as you invade the bondholder capital, the institution gets closed. And the depositors, insured or not, are protected by the bondholder capital and the capital stack. Well, that, that's... First of all, Carl, you know that is the way it works. The, the idea well, yeah, that, but the, you, the, you know, you know how much money was actually going to be lost in SVB when they shut it down, well, but despite I, all the people okay. screaming? Zero. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. That, that, that I think the thing that really has struck me in the last 10 days is even people that I you know, have a tip on with every now and then that are really bright people, I don't think anybody's taken a money in banking class like ever. I mean, if, if, if the banking system is doing its job, there should be bank failures every year. But not a boatload, not systematic, but there's always going to be a, an area that has a bunch of loans and all of a sudden the factory leaves or something. There's always going to be some area that has a problem and all of a sudden some of the loans go bad and, and that's exactly the job of the Fed is to kind of swoop in. They're only probably down 5 or 10% of the of the total and they, they move that, that built bank to another bank and all of a sudden, the next day, you open up and everything's fine for the depositors, and you just go on from there. You, oh, you know what's even you know what's even crazier than this? So during the two, all the way from the two thousand tech wreck, and in fact, in front of it, right, nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine, I've had brokerage accounts transferred three, four times in, in my trading and investing career, and I've never had a single hiccup with any of it. Do you remember with DLJ? Yeah. Okay, DLJ, I, I had an account there because DLJ gave me access to IPOs. Now, I didn't get big allocations, you know, 100 shares here, 100 shares there. And and I used to flip them, and they'd always threaten me, if you do this, we're, we're never going to give you another oh, one. Yeah, well, yeah. They were, well, they were lying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I'd sell into the ramp on the first day during those, you know, during the crazy times in the, 90, the late 90s. And, and, oh, my God, you know, you're going to give me 100 shares at, at, at on Froba, in Froba's for you know, twenty bucks a piece. No, that's not a lot of money. And, and gee, the first day it's up one hundred and fifty percent. You think I'm not going to sell it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I got I, I mean, what are, what are you smoking, guys? I'm taking that money and going to go drink it tonight. I got a great story for Doctor J and I are on the uh, we were on the score for five years, right? John and John was always fun to do the show with. You know, John's a great guy. And so we 
we're doing the show. John always always wanted to get. You know, I, did, I never thought that I'd get into those things. John was always trying to get into these IPOs. So, and you know, he's not having a whole lot of luck. I'll say one day during the show, the phone keeps ringing. You know, while we're trying to do the show, it's, we're doing the show from five to six. So who the hell's calling? So finally, on break, John picks up the phone. He goes, "Who the hell is this?" Well, some guy said, "By the way, you're in luck. <laughs> the one that's coming out today, we've got some shares for you." <laughs> so yeah. So John, he, he covers over the phone. He looks at me. and He goes, "This guy's got shares in this thing. Whatever the hell the name of the place was coming out that day." And I go. John, if they found us, it's a clunker. I, I, I say, tell this guy to shove it. <laughs> so the guy goes, well, we're not really all that interested. The guy gives him, we'll never call you again. Well, I'll take that chance. Sure enough, the thing comes out and immediately trades down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's, but the thing is, is that we had, you know, everybody that's running around with their hair on fire right now, what we what we have going on here is the same thing we had going on in 2007 and and those people who think that this is contained and it's going to stop you're wrong the only way you can stop this from becoming from spreading okay and i'm talking about everywhere because the reality is as you pointed out and as i've pointed out if you hold long dated paper you have a mark to market loss in that paper right now absolutely now that is not because you actually lost money because you didn't it's because your cash flow over the next n years until that paper matures is going to be less than what i could get by buying the current issue and that's the reason the loss is there if you have to sell it the only way you're going to get me to buy it is to give me a discount because i'll buy the treasury that pays three and a half today instead of the one that pays one and a half it's the exact same issue what did nancy say two weeks ago eighty percent of the mortgage in this country with all the refinances and stuff are under three and a half percent uh, there's, uh, you know, this is one of the things that I've pointed out too. Is that everybody's saying, you know, the real estate market is fine, nothing bad's going to happen. I said, do you realize that the duration, so the average duration on mortgage paper has been seven years forever, okay? And it's just because people move. They decide that, you know, they, they get a better job offer. They they want to live in this neighborhood rather than that one, whatever. And the lateral trade doesn't really cost them any money, other than the commissions and such. Right. But, you know, but that's that's always in any transaction. All right, but now. You can't take a 3% mortgage with you. No. So now, if you want to move, you got to take a 6%. Well, nobody in their right mind gives up a 3% mortgage for a 6% one unless they have to. Well, your, your payment's going to be double. Well, right. So you're not going to do this unless you have to. So the only way this happens is if you know something terrible happens in your life and you have to go, or you know your job's getting eliminated and the replacement's in Phoenix, you know, whatever. And then you're going to ha- you got to do what you got to do. So that seven years is going to end up being maybe 15, okay, on what is nominally 30-year paper. And and so this is not going away. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, by the way, the assumption that this, that this is a seven-year note, which has underpinned all of the bidding on these things, is, is going to go out the window. And the idea that the Fed can stop this in any way, how can they stop having... it? They, they're, they're the ones who caused it. I know, but, but chief, but chief, they can't stop it. They built no. this into the system. It's been built in there for the last fifteen years, and if they do not continue to raise rates until we have a positive real rate, positive real cost of borrowing across the curve, greater than meaning greater than inflation, actual inflation, not some cooked up number, but actual inflation. You are going to have within the next two years 
the federal government is going to be unable to fund Medicare and Medicaid. The only way to stop this is for the federal government to stop running deficits. They have to want, there has to be no federal deficits. The only way to stop it, and that means no debt ceiling increase. It means the spending has to come back into line with tax revenues. And there's only one place in the budget where you can do that, and that is CMS. That's the facts. I don't care what people say about the politics of it. Those are the facts. Those are, this, is, they don't, this is basic they, math. They they don't believe that, Carl. You well, I know they don't, but you know what? They're going to get backed into the you know, you know what they, and they're going to you know, have to do it. You know what, they, you know what they, they believe? I believe. The current Keynesian, and even, I don't even think there are any monetarists around except for you and me. Uh, there's a couple of guys, that I don't see them on CNBC anymore. I think they think they've been offed. The guys that were actual monitors at gym, the guy who wore a bow tie. Yeah, he was. I haven't seen him in months, so they must have offed him. Yeah, they got that grant. You talking about Grant? Yeah, literally or figuratively, they offed him. Oh yeah. Uh, so because he, he, you know, I don't want to be hearing about that, but they they were under this this idea, and actually, if you were straight with yourself, which you know most people won't say are, if you were straight with yourself, their attitude is, as long as the federal debt does not grow faster than the than the economy. You just string it out far enough, and we're okay. So, in other words, if you had a, a, a GDP that was legit at 3%, and your federal debt is only growing at 2.99, you're okay. It'll just it'll work out in time. Now, whose time? Your great-grandkids' time? Somebody's time. That, that's that been the attitude now for a long time. But except, if, except it's not true. Well, that, that's what I was getting to. But then they, <laughs> they, but then they believe the part about this tax decrease will actually, you know, increase... Uh, taxes 10 years from now, or this infrastructure program will actually increase. Well, I think to a certain extent, Carl, if, if you went back in time, if you go back in the time thing, uh, what the guy that was, what was that car the guy had? It was a, uh, the, the Gullwing, what was the name of the car? That was the uh, the time machine? Oh, the, the DeLorean. The yeah. DeLorean. Those things are kind of neat. Um, anyway, so, but if you could go back in time and build. The Golden Gate Bridge, or or the uh, Bay Bridge, or the Tennessee Valley Authority, or Hoover Dam, or something, and the, the incredible economic advancements that those kinds of projects brought, you could probably almost make the case that it was worth it to do it, even though those things went out with bonds and actually paid for themselves. Uh, but right now, to let a bridge deteriorate and fix the bridge is not exactly the same thing. At all as a new bridge? Uh, no, it's no, it's not. And you know that. But what we keep what we keep seeing here, and and this is this has been going on really since two thousand with the with the tech blow up, is that the answer is always to crank M two. Yeah. Okay. And you know, you and I talk about M two. Nobody else does. Um, but the reality is, is that only about a third of what has what has happened to M2 over the last you know 20 years can be accounted for by increases in actual economic output the, the rest, idea the rest is price increases we know that well well that's right but the idea that the rest of the and, and these are price increases is essentially from from the consumer's point of view from the average joe's point of view these are tax increases yes all right. This is overhead that you are forced as a citizen to absorb. Well, not only that, the, the most brutal part of it that I used to do back in the 70s because I did taxes for people on top of other crap I was doing is we, had, we, we were back to having a whole bunch of uh, 
uh, tax brackets. And, and, if, and if you if you were making forty thousand bucks or forty two, say three years ago, and the inflation is, is, that has come upon us is now thirty five percent, if you actually got a twenty five percent raise, so now you're making fifty three, your tax bite has gone up huge. Oh yeah, in terms no, of percentage uh, terms. Right. Well, they did this, and and this was one of the things that Obamacare did. It's one of the reasons that I shut down any any attempt to set up another company, and we'll never do it again, as long as that law is on the books. Um, until maybe I'm 65 and I qualify for Medicare, then it doesn't impact me anymore. But the the problem is that when you're founding a new business, uh, you generally don't make a whole lot of money for a while, right, until you figure out whether or not it's going to go anywhere. Yep. But the second $25,000 that you make as an individual person, if once you get into your 40s or thereabouts, about between federal income tax whatever state taxes whatever franchise taxes are are assessed on your business and there's always a franchise tax of some form whether it's on LLCs or you know people say well there's no there's no personal income tax in states like Tennessee or Florida it's true but there is a corporate income tax right okay everywhere but just but just the idea if you're but but here's the thing but 22% to 10 12% is a big change well but here's yeah but here's the that's true chief but here's the problem the recapture on the Obamacare subsidies ends up being about fifty percent of that second twenty-five grand. Right. By the okay. way, you know we gotta go to break here, but you don't know how right you are. Uh, the gross domestic product product in nineteen in two thousand was nine point four trillion. Now it's twenty six. So let's say it's up generously three times. Okay. In that yeah. same period of time, M two has gone from four point four to like twenty something. Right, it's so crazy. It's it's like five times as much. So everything is twenty percent higher, roughly, or twenty five percent higher than the than the whatever the CPI tells you it is. It's well, in real in real terms, the federal government, on a per per on per capita basis, spends eight times as much money as it did in the nineteen fifties. Right, SP futures up down twenty two, and as if it's down thirty, we're in one of we've been down here before today and came back. We'll see. We're leaking back and forth. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. 
For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, Rock Pack Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howell. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 26. Nasdaq Futures down 30. Interesting today, though. I have to find out the. Uh, uh, maybe Carl knows on the top of his head. Federal Express is up 11%, and UPS is up 2.8%. So not sure what, what's causing all that. 11% is a big move on a day when the market's down. Uh, Dow Futures down 249. Individual stocks, Goldman Sachs down 5. They've been getting hammered this week, obviously, in that sort of banking industry. Uh, Travelers down 260. we got Visa, uh, Visa down 239. So it's kind of reddish in the, uh, in, the, in the Dow stuff here, which, which shows that minus 244. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX. They were, these guys were all like unchanged an hour ago, but now they're all down. The DAX down 57.4%. Puts you down 20.3%. Kick around down 38.5%. Uh, Credit Suisse is, is down 9% now, even after the bailout. So that's causing some problems over there. And it's causing some problems in the bank stocks here again. Uh, Asia, these guys are up. Now, these guys have been a day behind us the rest of the world like all week. Uh, Nikkei is actually up 323, 1.2%. Hang Seng up 314, 1.6 is after being down yesterday, more than that. Shanghai up 23.7%. <coughs> We've got, uh, yesterday, we were had a huge update. Top 371, S&P up 68, NASDAQ up 283. So that's kind of being reversed a little bit here, but only about maybe a third of it so far. Uh, bonds, down 12 basis points, 3.46. Bund, down 8, 2.16. Japan, up 8. 0.37. I just imagine they're going to go back to that 0.5, which is the highest they can go by their government's mandate. Uh, oil down 17 cents, 68.18. Brent down 40 cents, 74.30. Natural gas down a dime, <clears throat> 2.41. Arbob up two cents, 2.52. We've got gold, a big rally up 21.50, 19.44. Silver up 38 cents, 22.08. Copper up five cents, 3.92. And yet another flight to quality. Bitcoin is up 1,500 bucks. 26,568. I don't know if that's a flight to quality, but I don't know. That's not my that's not my game. Dollar's pretty much unchanged. It's it's down just a little bit against the euro, like minuscule. It's a 106 euro and it's a 121 pounds. So not, nothing major change there. Andrew, what do you got for us, Travis Weather Sports? All right, it's 7:37 here in Chicago on March the 17th. Uh, starting off with sports with hockey. Last night, the Blackhawks won against the Predators, ending their game 2-1. to one. 
and the Coyotes won against the Canucks, ending their game 3-2. Now over to basketball, let's see, we had one thing last night, which was the Suns won over the Magic, and in their game, pretty close, 116 over 113. And finally, looking forward to tonight, the Bulls are going to play the Timberwolves at 7 p.m. Now over to Chicago weather, it's currently 38 degrees. Gonna have a high just 39, so not much warmer. Uh, but it's gonna stay a bit cloudy and probably gray skies today. Uh, over in Phoenix, we're at 55 degrees, clear skies. They're gonna have a high of 72, so it's gonna be a lot warmer. Finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, a good bit of red, especially coming in on the north side. Uh, but we do have an accent on the Eisenhower. Uh, the left lane is blocked near Cicero Avenue, and this is looking to cause delays up to 30 minutes, so expect a pretty hefty delay coming in there. Um, but thankfully, otherwise, there's not too many accidents to report now that major expressways. So that's all I got. Yeah, I hope, uh, Kyle, your buddy uh, Bill Walton isn't reaching for the, the short sword. All he was doing was lobbying huge for the, the Pac-10 teams and how they all deserve to be in there and blah, 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 Oregon and Washington. And then Arizona gets clobbered by the number the number 15 last night, so he can't be too happy. Well, you know, it is what it is. Do you have your <laughs> Do you have your bracket, or I don't even have one this year. I don't. Yeah, I don't even do that stuff. I don't know. I the odds of me being able to actually, you know, hit a bracket. No, I'm not playing that game. You're right. You're just you're just betting feverishly on individual games. Well, if I choose to, if I choose to wager at all, yes. <laughs> That's, generally speaking, I mean, I I am not. I don't follow basketball enough that it would be interesting. For me to do, I mean, there's there used to be times that I did during the the the, the Jordan dynasty in Chicago. Uh, I lived there, and so yeah, it got a little more interesting then. Yeah, that but, was because I was paying attention. Yeah, those were kind of the fun times. Guys were asking me last night about because I actually went the, the first year. I mean, I was God, I was young. My stepfather would get tickets, and we go we'd go see him at the amphitheater their first year. You know, and they had the world's worst team. Well, actually, you know, they made the playoffs in their first year, which was for a, an expansion team. was really pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Kerr was the coach. Yeah, he was a great guy. Uh, but he, I remember him saying that the uh, he and his assistant coach, they had you know, just been retired from the NBA, said there weren't any two guys on the team that could beat him and this other guy in two-on-two. Two. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but they had Jerry Sloan. I mean, Jerry Sloan was a hell of a player. They had a couple guys, but... I remember going to see him at the amphitheater, and people were fired up. I mean, it was, uh, oh yeah, but nothing like you know the, the Jordan year. I mean, things things tend to all of a sudden they're nothing, and then they're something. I mean, it, the Bulls. Most people don't. Why would you? They're the, they're the third iteration of a team in Chicago. The first two didn't even make it. You'd say, how the hell does a team not make it in Chicago? They didn't. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but but it was a, kind of an Eastern thing. This Syracuse had a team of all people, right? Syracuse Nationals yeah. and uh, anyway, so that's uh, then it was the it was the Minneapolis and the Lakers, right? That moved to L.A. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so Kyle, what what a, I mean? There's so many. It's almost hard to even find a spot here. I don't know how the hell if if, if you and I, if they you know, Scotty beamed us into the Oval Office tomorrow. I don't even know what to do to start. I mean, I, there's there's so much stuff. I mean, you would have to. It has to be somewhat of a. A different way of doing business. I mean, you can't you can't believe your own BS. I mean, uh, you ever you ever come across people where there's like different levels of, of of BS where you know if you walk in and your your mother's dying and she says how's your day, you're probably going to say it was fine, even though it might not have been a good one because it's more about her than you, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I well, let me let me. I'll I'll tell you how we could actually 
you know, if, if we got beamed into the Oval Office and, and you know, now we're we're the guys, or um, you know, let's let's just let's be a little less um, than the Oval Office. We we get beamed into Treasury, and we're the Secretary and Deputy Secretary. Okay, because um, Barney Frank had this little interview in the New Yorker. I wrote a column on this morning, and and he says, but there's no way to force people to do their job well. Oh, oh yes, there is. Oh yes, there is. You hang them when they don't. I, you know, All right, and, and the idea that we that we allow—I mean, you know, this this thing goes all this thing with malfeasance within the OCC and within the Treasury generally when it comes to banking regulation it goes all the way back to the SNL crisis. Oh yeah. Oh whatever. There, there was a guy. Yeah. Well, there was a guy there when when IndyMac blew up. I dug into that in some detail. Because that was another, I mean, that was a point, that was a failure where the uninsured depositors got screwed, and they got screwed bad. It was about 50%. That should have never happened, because as soon as you invade the bond capital, you're supposed to come in and get closed, okay? And that's what prevents everybody else from getting hosed, because you close them before you would get, you know, before you burn through all of that. Well, <laughs> that didn't happen. And when they did the, the forensics on this, what they found was that IndyMac was allowed by the OTS to backdate deposits in order to meet regulatory requirements. And had they not done that, they would have been seized by because they would have violated tier capital requirements several months earlier. Well, the guy who knew about it, and it was and this was within the governmental regulation system, they knew this was going on. The guy who did it was the same guy who did it with one of the SNLs and caused a huge liability to the FSLIC. One of the reasons the FSLIC was essentially folded and wound up and put into the FDIC. Not only did he not get fired, he was still on the job 20 years later when it happened during the, the, you know, the 07 blow-up, right? And he did the same thing there. He wasn't prosecuted for either one of those events. I, I think uh, I don't know. How, how can I phrase this? I mean, that's here? fraud, Chief. That's I, I understand. That's, but how that's can I, how can out I, and out fraud? How can I phrase this without turning into Wayne Manson right in front of my very eyes? Uh, maybe I already have. Uh, I I think that the 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 wind the winds, as they say in Casablanca, the winds that were blown from Vichy for Claude Rains, the, yeah. the winds. I think you, we can't be parachuted into the Treasury spot and do any good because I think. All the spots are co-opted from somehow the top. And I don't mean Biden personally or Trump personally or Bush personally. I, I mean that somehow or another there's, there's, a, there's stuff going on from power places that maybe we don't even understand. And we gotta, we got to cut those silk cords wherever they are. Oh, yeah. Well, I, well, you know, one of the things, though, that, I, that really annoys me is everybody that is a Trump supporter. Um, nobody seems to want to remember what he said right after he was elected, which is, I'm the king of debt. Yeah. He made that specific statement. He told you what he was going to do whenever there was any kind of financial stress anywhere, that he was going to run huge budget deficits and he was just he was just going to print paper. And because that's how he managed to make you know, to do what he did in New York and everywhere else. He nearly got blown up in the 1980s doing that, by the way. His dad rescued him. 
but for that he would have been literally living in the street okay but he got away with it and therefore he got arrogant because he got away with it right and to this day nobody nobody wants to hold him accountable for that he's the one that put this all in motion when the when the pandemic started and and was handing out money like it was water well, there's right. no doubt. But I, but I go back to, you know, I don't, I don't know if I told you. Well, this, so. they, both, they both stink when it comes okay, to Okay, but I'm going to go back to, line. without getting to current people, whether people like them or don't like them, and you know I'm no Trump fan, but I'll go back to a client I had years ago, and who's, I think, no longer with us. I mean, I'm sure he is. He's a World War II guy. Uh, was deeply involved in the, uh, shall we say, the building boom in Arizona that went under with the Resolution Trust in the 80s. Right, and uh, and he would tell me stories about how the people out in Arizona would get a whole bunch of properties together, and uh, and be you know maybe six properties, and somebody want to pay sixty cents on the buck. Right, and the word would come down from Washington, from Bush One's buddies. Now I don't I don't really think that Bush One was a crook, but the people around him I think do fine, and they came out and said, eh, we're not unless you can take ten properties, we're not." We're not comfortable with it, but by the way, we're only going to pay like forty cents, and the deal would go through. But I don't, I don't think coming out of the Oval Office. I mean, we're talking about places like the Phoenician and places like that that were serious places, right? And, and, uh, and so the the crooks are abounding, and I don't know what level you have to be to not be to to, to stop the crooks, or maybe maybe there is no level. Maybe they're just maybe you wouldn't get in the Oval Office without them putting you in the Oval. I would, whatever it is. Somehow or another, we have to we have to break this this influence from wherever these people are. And people they keep talking. Oh no, it's Soros. It's this guy. It's that guy. I don't know who the hell they are. But, but it's it's not one guy and it's not one group either. It's it. You have this is this is the you know this is the tra- the the basic tragedy of the commons thing. Okay, which uh, you know, which is real obvious. I mean, you know, you set up a you set up a community garden in the middle of the town square. Anybody can come plant things. Anybody can come take whatever they want from it, and you're going to have a barren field within a week. Yeah. Okay. And it's and it's just simply that you have you have people at every level. Right? I mean, it's the home builders. You just look at the. What happened to Carl, Andrew? I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's see. Although. Because I think what 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 Kyle is is about to say is, I think when when you when you lose respect for the institutions, the people who work there have the same. And within the capital structure, uh oh, we missed we missed a couple of your, your syllables in the middle there. Oh, I think I think I'm here. Yeah, you're here now. Okay, I got, I got yeah, it. I got this little thing that popped up on my screen after after I heard you saying your internet connection is unstable. Then all of a sudden it's back, but nothing else was unstable. That's kind of weird. Well, I, I was I was just starting because you weren't there to, to kind of fill in for you. So let me continue and interrupt rudely. Uh, there was a there was a line. I don't know if you ever watched uh, the Born Identity, the original one, oh, with Richard yeah. Chamberlain and stuff. Way back, not not the one with this guy. Even though this one was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But so the guy was talking about uh, he was. Uh, the guy who got killed, he said, the guy from France has given his eulogy, and he said, there are people who still believe that governmental service, that service to your country, is an honorable job. And I, and I think the people who get involved in these situations, Carl, the one you're talking about, the Silvergate, and maybe these guys, I think there probably were bank examiners and people who actually gave a crap that knew this was going on, and when they can't, they can't pursue what they know to be the right way, 
they get disaffected, they get pissed off, they leave, they go to private industry. And all of a sudden, the people you have left are a bunch of schmucks compared to... Because I don't think people... I, there used to be a, a real... Somebody who did those jobs. I mean, the guys who first came when we first started PTI, we were getting audits right out of the gate from people from uh, CBOE. They did audits for, for the NASD. These were, I'm going to say older guys. They weren't old, but they were, they were experienced yeah. guys. They would show up. They knew we were a new firm. And they'd see us about to do something screwed up, and they'd go, hey, guys, you can't do it this way. Cut that out, they, right. They, they <laughs> do it this way. They, they absolutely cared about the industry, the customer, and they cared about us. They were they were serious people. Now you get a bunch of twenty five year olds that could care less about anybody who the customer. It's all about this rule, that rule. Can they find you? Can they write you up? Can they can they can they you know get their 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 uh, their chops on, on your hide type of thing? It's it, there's there's no honor in the system. I mean, the people who I guarantee you, Carl, what you're talking about. There's people who knew this bank had a problem, or people that knew Silvergate had a whatever the place was. So, had chief, a pro- chief, this SVB. Yeah. It's fundamentally unsound as constructed, okay? And it's, and it's simply a fact that there's nothing you can do about the, the reality of it when you have an institution that is, is concentrated in that way, takes no depositors of, of note from the local area, and is guaranteed to have a cash deficit by, na- by the nature of the business it engages in and what it doesn't do, okay? Your, your large... Your large national banks, the Bank Americas, the Wells Fargo's. I mean, Wells Fargo shouldn't exist. They've they've been fined so many times for doing hinky illegal stuff. They're so big. What are you gonna do with them? You can't spank them. Well, you got to blow them up. That's what you got to well, do. You got to force. You got. I mean, I'll bet you an adult beverage, and I'll drive down and have it with you if I win. I'll bet you at the end of the day, when this is all over, the five biggest banks that are way too big now for any kind of law will be right, bigger. Will, will be bigger. Well, I, I, you, you oh, won't no, take I that. Won't, you won't take I that. I won't bet. take that bet. I'd no. end up buying the drinks all night. That's right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know that that's a loser, but the but the reality is that we have we have that sort of situation, and then we have this, which, as we are now discovering, was a conduit for crazy stuff. That is, and, and let's face it, most venture funded stuff is crazy. Okay, ninety uh, percent of it fails. Can right? I, ask I mean, you, that's. Can I ask you a question? Because I have not been able to find the answer. It appears to me, just in the little stuff I've read about these guys, and I think you're deeper into this, somehow or another they were raising money for places, they were borrowing, lending people the money, and they were making these people have huge cash. Didn't they, what, what's the line there? Were they a holding corp, or they could have been an investment bank and another bank, or were they just doing it when they weren't supposed to? How, how, does, how, do, how does a bank go out and, and, and raise money for people if they're not an investment bank or don't have a holding company? Well, I think that's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of questions like that, aren't there? Yeah, aren't the, aren't those inconvenient questions? You know, the 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 thing that gets my attention is is that you have a an institution that has hundreds of billions of dollars of venture money funneled through it. It is inherently unbalanced with the way banking works. Therefore, it is fundamentally unsound, even without the interest rate rise environment that we have. And it's simply because they are always going to be in the overnight market to balance a book, and they're going to have to pay to do that. Well, that's overhead, and there isn't any way to escape it. And as soon as anything disrupts that cash flow that they're, that they're operating on, and, and oh, by the way, when you're doing all venture-funded stuff and all startups, and that's 99% of your business, 
guess what? Ninety percent of those guys blow up. Well, so Carol, how do how do uh, so how uh, does it how does this get past the regulators? How, how, does, how is it that these guys didn't get slammed? You know, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, this other bank out in New York that Barney Frank was on the board of apparently was doing the same sort of thing with crypto firms. What uh, just out of uh, curiosity, because you know, whenever you talk, you, you bring up things that make me ask even more questions, and which is the beauty of having you in. How does how does a place like uh, well, Mellon Mellon Bank got bought by somebody? But how did I actually made a presentation at Mellon Bank for the CBOE one day about how they could help with some of their options on some of their trust funds that place was was a was a you know a, 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 a people would shall we say uh, a one percenter baby bank for they're paying people's uh you know butler expenses and stuff they were a, a, a blue blood old line bank but there was no such thing well there might have been one teller downstairs but they weren't a bank like any other bank northern trust here's the same way they if you walk in and open a check account will they even do it for you i mean they might but i they, it's, it's all Highbrow dough in those places. They have to be set up totally different than than a regular commercial. Well, bank. that's well, that's the entire point, though, Chief. Is that you know, and then for the we're he's bleeping away here again. But uh, the regulators to sit on this yeah. as soon as we knew, you know, yeah, oh, you know, yeah, running, running, running her mouth. Uh oh. Why you're here? blinking in and out? Oh, you know, I think I think the the powers that be don't like me saying these things. Perhaps it could very well be. Maybe Andrew's uh, working. For, maybe Andrew's working for the man. Well, you don't know. I, you know, but Yellen running around at the beginning of this thing with Ukraine, saying that the inflation is all transitory and it's all going to go, you know, which was which was total garbage because oh, yeah. we had shut down the international trade conduits that had suppressed inflation reflecting back into the U.S. and we did it on purpose. And it was Treasury that did it because they're the ones that were dropping the sanctions on everybody, right? So uh, it, now you could you could say that it was a good thing or a bad thing doesn't matter, but that it was going to have downstream effects was known. Well, the but the uh, I don't I don't think we're, we're going to have some problem in my opinion with with a lot of the bonds and the mortgages as we work our way through. I don't think that we're going to have a major carnage here. We're going to there's going to be a few banks that have problems in these crypto banks. I think it's helped those guys out. Is Bitcoin's been flying up the last few days, so at least we don't have a. A crash there like this week, I don't know that would make things even worse. Um, but the, so, what do you think this is? Andrew, Carl's computer just blinking in and out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it's internet on his end. Yeah, yeah except it's not because I've got trading windows open and there's been no pauses or anything on there. I think we have to blame Andrew. I think I think we have to blame somebody that's trying to spike our connection. Yeah, because it's so, all you know. it's all good on this end as well. How do you, but how do, yeah. you, uh, how do you how do you how do you how do you gauge this in terms of? Are there five banks that have trouble? Are there ten? I mean, maybe if it's twenty, we'll you know we can deal with it. I mean, it's not. You don't think it's up the chain, do you? We're all tell you what all. No, the people- I well, no, it's it 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 isn't, and it is. Okay, I don't I don't think it's going to kill a bank like Schwab or J.P. Morgan. Although Schwab's stock got pounded, right? Um, but here's the problem. Why would I not go buy Fidelity's money market account? With my cash, rather than leaving it sit in Fidelity's bank right now. Well, here, here's here's the thing. I just just, just asked uh, uh, Kevin that same issue because there was an article this, last night I was reading about get your money out of you know your brokerage firm, get your money out of your bank, and oh by the way, go buy a money market. I gotta believe the money market ends up turning, putting that money in the bank. They don't. Where are they gonna keep? Well, that? well, no, 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 no. What they, uh, what I'm talking about, a government insured money market. So, so the only thing that thing holds is is four week and thirteen week bills. All right, all right. Now, why don't I 
And and by the way, it has an expense ratio, basically, you know, the, 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 the 10 basis points or something by like that. By the way, just about all our people at RBC are in something just like that. Well, but I'm saying it, yeah. you know, that's what it does, right? It's, I mean, it has a it has a, a, a very close to zero expense ratio because it's a computer, right? <laughs> you don't need eight people. But the the thing about this is if I can get four and a half or five percent in that, and I can. Well, we get a lot of people doing that. Six months, well, we get a lot of people in that, yeah. Well, that's right. Okay, or if I go to Treasury Direct and I just buy them directly, but, right? But the idea, I mean, you know a little bit more than the average bear. The idea that I've got... We've got I got a couple of clients wanting to know: Should they pull their money out of this place and that place, or another place? I said, first of all, nobody knows the, the vagaries of Schwab versus IB versus RBC versus correct. I mean, nobody. I mean, people can opine all they want for their own stuff, but at the end of the day, Carl, I, I think as a group, there's no way that that somebody can how can I use the term weasel around the edges, and if the whole system goes down hold their, their finger in the air and say, I, I'm in this fund here, I'm okay, they're going to look at you. Go, no, that's, a, that's, yeah. not, the pr- that's yeah. not the problem, Chief. The problem is that the that my credit balance at FIDO or Schwab or wherever, if I have cash, ava- available cash, that, that credit balance gets me 1%. The treasuries right. get me 4%. Oh, I'm with you. But, but why? I, why would now you tell me how you stop that drain? I mean, this has nothing to do with safety. It has nothing to do with I think that Schwab's going to blow up. Well, the, the, it, the question I'm getting to. But uh, but wait a minute. But yeah, Schwab is using that money to make money. Well, right. So if that goes away, they can't do that anymore. So how do they earn a profit? Well, that's right. I mean, I'm saying right. The whole. I mean, right now, just real quick, we'll, we'll run over thirty seconds here. If you go to Lakeside Bank, it's across the street. I do business with the guys. I love the people over there. This is not a you know not a push. If I were to walk over today and give them a check for a million bucks, they're going to take two fifty and spread the two fifty around to three other places. That's what they right. do. And actually, my brother here at PTI has everybody sign up for the same thing at RBC. That if we have a client that drops us, you know, be nice <laughs> five hundred million bucks today. Guess what? RBC is going to run around and put it all kinds of places. So you're quote insured everywhere. Really, I mean, I, I I'd love to do that. It, it shows that we we care about our clients, all that kind of stuff. But really, I mean, if we blow up like like the Resolution Trust, is there enough money in FDIC or you know? I mean, it, no. I mean, I mean, are we are, <laughs> are, are, are we basically chasing ourselves around pe- peeing on the ground or something? Are, you are, but that's not. But like I said, it's not a safety and soundness problem. It is an operating cash flow problem right. with which you can loan and make profits with. And that those funds are going to go where they get the best return. Correct. It has nothing to do with anything else. But anybody that thinks this isn't going to hit asset prices and stock prices because you're, oh, that you that money is going to move, everything yes, you, it is. Everything you say you're doing, we're, we're actually doing for our clients. But at the end of the day, if, if all of a sudden there's a major 1932 fiasco, the, the thought that you think you're... you're, you're, you're uh, and I don't think this is going to happen. I'm just saying... The idea that, that because there's a word insured in front of it, I mean, who's kidding who, Carl? Oh, Chief, listen, if, if the treasury, if the treasuries that I own in those money markets are no good, yeah. or the treasuries I buy through Treasury Direct are no good, I don't care about money anymore. I care about other things. Well, yeah, I agree. Hey, uh, I think we might need you earlier on Friday next week if this keeps piling in, but you're always good. And by the way, I read your article on the, uh, on the your, uh, you know, your the immune stuff, and it's fascinating. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it funny how they all said that was impossible and I was all going to be dead? Uh, 
I actually read some stuff in Britain where they were keeping track of everybody, and then they stopped publishing, or I stopped getting it. But they got yeah. up to like a year, and they thought everybody was still good. Well, I, this is uh, 530, yeah. 580 days. I'm saying, but they, they over there were doing the same thing you're doing, and I don't think somebody told them to stop it or what. I don't know. Uh, you, no, you think? Yeah, SP Futures <laughs> down 29, NASDAQ Futures down 32. Hopefully, we'll all be around in our banks. Everybody's good by Monday. I think that's. I think we all will be, but we'll hope I'm right. We'll be back uh, Monday, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.